ever get the uneasy feeling that you've been fed a lie? Not just any lie, but one that you have believed your entire life and which has guided many of your decisions. Most of the time, we shake off this feeling and go about our lives. But what if that feeling was the key to unlocking everything? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and on each episode of The Big Lie, we'll reveal a new lie that once uncovered has the power to transform your relationships, career, and life. Let's do this. Do you enjoy having great ideas, but not being heard? Or worse, having someone repeat them and get all the credit? Are you happy to continue delivering great work only to be passed over and watch as others from outside the company or your peers get the job? Would you benefit from being part of a community whose focus is on developing the interpersonal skills needed to elevate your career? Hi, I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and I just launched such a community on Slack called Unlock You. If you believe unlocking interpersonal skills is a crucial part of elevating your career, I would love for you to join us. Enrollment is currently open and free. You can go to www.connectioncounselor.com and click on the link to join us. See you soon. Welcome to The Big Lie, the show that changes everything. Each episode, we have a different guest share the lie that once you realize it's a lie, it changes everything. Today, I'm super excited to share with you a very special guest, Luis Rosado. I've known him the last few years. He's made a tremendous impact on my life and on the lives of many others. He's worn many hats over the years, technical training consultant, network administration consultant, Windows Server Management Consultant, Team Lead, Manager, and Associate Director, in addition to Chapter Leader, Mentor, Sponsor, and DEI Strategist. As a result, he's built a strong foundation for implementing and supporting high-performing and custom IT solutions. His background includes developing and modernizing functional architecture, migrating from on-prem to cloud, for example, as well as enabling hybrid architecture. He's contributed to long-range financial planning for budgets up to 2 million and systems with up to 35,000 users. Over the years, what he's learned is there is always a solution, sometimes many, and it's important to find the right fit for each issue. So he's somewhat of a go-to And he welcomes that role because he finds his field very interesting and helping to solve problems very rewarding. Welcome, Luis. Great to have you on the show. Thanks, Joe. Glad to be here. Random question. Have you been out to shovel yet today? (laughs) No, that's the strength of leadership. I delegate to my son. I've empowered him with a snowblower. (laughs) I sent him out there, so he's doing it all. Yeah, today, uh, this snow is no joke. I think I've been out at least uh, two or three times with with, with my son. So uh, we're doing a little tag team as well. Let's get to know you just a little bit better. Um, What would you say is your superpower? Yeah, I think the superpower is uh, 
you know, being willing to, to look reality in the eye as much as I can bear it at least, you know, but uh, always strive to, to look at reality as deep as I can and make decisions and take actions based on that reality. Absolutely. And I, I would say that um, that coincides with what I've experienced from getting to know you as a colleague um, and serving on uh, the Alpha board together with you. You know, you're very direct and uh, you sort of see the issues and, and pull them out so we can address them, right? It's, it's, it's a very kind of practical way. Um, and I feel like an effective sort of brand of leadership. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun to uh, to confirm reality and tackle it head on. Yeah, absolutely. And and these days, um, certainly there's uh, a lot of issues in the DEI space, uh, in the technical space going on that uh, that require solutions um, and and not wishful thinking, so to speak. Absolutely. That's why it's so relevant to this topic because in the end, reality will always win, right? So the sooner we can uh, detect it and act on it, the better off we're going to be. It's always yeah. going to win. Absolutely, absolutely. So, in the spirit of directness, when uh, I asked you for the big lie, uh, you got back to me with a very succinct and direct sentence, which I love, and I'll read it right now. And it is, "It's who you know. It's who you know." Now, share with our audience why that's your big lie what that means to you, uh, a little bit of the background behind that as we get into it. Yeah, coming out of college, I always thought it was what you know. And then as time went on, I was told, no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's, it's who you know. So I had believed that and you know, worked on building up a, a great network of people that I knew and respected. Definitely genuine connections. You know, I definitely appreciate all the people and I care about them and, and everything. But I, I started to realize when I needed help, right? Being let go, uh, being thrusted into this new economy, and then realizing that of all of the people that I knew, no one was able to really help. And that's when I started to realize it's, it's not who you know, it's who you know that knows what you know. <laughs> that's so what matters. Who right? you know that knows what you know, and, and, and why is that important, Luis? Where I was able to, was, what was great is I was able to jump, land on my feet because I knew someone who knew that I was good with DEI and they paired me with a, with a great opportunity, but that's because they knew what I knew, right? They knew that I was good with DNI, I proved results and that's how I was able to, to land on my feet. And I'm, in, I'm really close to closing in on another, another opportunity again because of who knew what I knew. Interesting, interesting. So when you say that, I, I think of a couple things. Um, I think of networking and what that really means, right? Like effective networking versus just knowing a lot of people. Um, and it also makes me think a little bit about personal branding and the importance of your brand, right? Because um, a lot of us have different skills and different abilities. So maybe the thing that we wear as our title or the thing that we wear most externally may not be the thing that um, gets us our next opportunity or, or the thing that helps us. Absolutely. I mean, I was really known for IT and I got the opportunity because of what I knew and did with DEI. So that was uh, crazy, right? Something that I did for free 
on the side for fun ended up, you know, saving me, being my saving grace during this crazy economy. So it was amazing. And one thing you said, like with effective networking, right? The, the key that I really learned from this experience, right, is a lot of people are going to pretend that they have power. You're going to see their titles. You're going to see positions that they're in. They're going to act like they got power. But when the chips are down, very few really have power. So it really started to get me realizing when it comes to networking, like you said, effectively, don't be afraid to start networking at the C-level because that's who's going to really come through when there's a when there's a, a issue and you need help, right? Networking with the people, their name is on the company. They own it. They founded it. They're the grandson of the founder 200 years ago. Those are the type of people you want to network with. Nothing wrong with the lower levels, right? But in this day and age, you've got to be networking with the, with the vice chairman of the board, the person running, you know, Human Rights Council Commission, United Nations, president of the Federal Reserve. They're all people, right? So those are the people you've got to start networking with. So some of our listeners may be a little earlier in their careers. So curious to get your thoughts um, on how you would respond to someone who says, but Luis, you know, I'm just starting out. It's early on in my career. You know, what would the vice chair or, you know, whatever muckety-muck title that they have, you know, well, why would they want to network with me? Why would they want to talk to me? Like, how would you sort of um, mentor them or what advice would you give someone in that position? Yeah, my attitude right before I do that is that. Just say that and just go do it anyway, uh-huh. right? Do it anyway. And you're going to be shocked when they get back to you. I've been shocked as hell when I've had high-level people get back to me. And um, I blew my mind. I was freaking out, waiting for two weeks, knowing that I was going to be meeting with them. It was so surreal. But once I got through that, I was like, you know what? I can meet with anybody. I mean, I was just on an engagement. I got to meet with 20 people in their executive leadership team right? The granddaughter of someone who, who founded the company. These are people making millions of dollars a year. So let's break that down a little bit, Luis. So um, I don't want people to get the wrong impression that, you know, you just sent a random email out with, with no value and no forethought. And all of a sudden people were like, hey, let's have a conversation, right? Like I know you and, and I know that you know, when you do things, they're much more thoughtful and strategic. So talk to us a little bit about um, how you make that connection, how you provide that value in a way that is, you know, more likely to get a response, right? Well, there's no way you get a hundred percent response, but how do people communicate in a way that um, others want to get back to them? Yeah, you have to be strategic, right? So it's not going to happen overnight, right? Just like with dating or whatever, you know, you might not get to the action overnight, right? So you got to take the long-term approach. So if there's someone you want to develop a relationship with professionally, you know, you have to plan that out and you want to do it organically, right? So you don't just come up to them out of nowhere, like a random psycho and just be like, oh, you know, can you mentor me? Can you sponsor? No, right? You have to find an organic way. So maybe you're volunteering at, at, at work, you're taking on a project, and you just find a way to interact with that target of yours, that, that person you want to connect with and make sure it's very like organic, right? Um, that's one approach. Uh, do things, help others. People will talk about you if you are making a difference in the lives of others and your name will just get mentioned, 
And those people will start to, to seek you out as well. And the biggest thing is be yourself, right? If you be yourself, people respect and gravitate towards authenticity. So that'll make it very easy. And authenticity is critical, right? Because it's very hard to be different people at different times. It's very easy to just be yourself. You don't gotta lie, you don't gotta hide, you don't gotta exaggerate. Just be yourself and they'll gravitate. And like a term I always recognize is, you know, real recognizes real. And a lot of executives are real and they'll see that realness in you. And, and I almost wanna say that people may find that refreshing, right? I, I feel like at a higher level, a lot of, a lot of people, they get approached with a certain sort of timid way versus, you know, people who are direct, not in a brash or rude way, but, you know, just like, look, I'm a person, you're a person, this is what it's about. You know, let's have a conversation. I almost feel like that that would be like refreshing for someone, you know, to hear. Yeah. They want to be seen as a respected human being, just like you do. Right. So the more you respect yourself, the more respect you show them. Right. Uh, without the reverence, the, the reverence, uh, I think that turns people away, unless it's a respectful reverence, you know, out of the respect for their, their, their success, respect for who they are. I think that resonates, but, you know, reverence where it's like, you know, like magical, that you won't connect with that. Yeah, I mean, I think generally when, when, when we meet people, even if they are prestigious, it's not like we're meeting the Pope or the Dalai Lama, I mean, you know, they're very distinguished, but they're also, you know, just regular people, just like you and me. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes, you know, for underrepresented professionals, I would say that's a real challenge for us, right? Growing up in this system where we might not even value ourselves or disrespect ourselves and think, you know, who am I? Who am I that this person's even going to want to, you know, give me half a syllable? Who am I that they even going to want to respond to my email? But, you know, the fact that you're even alive, Yo, that's a lot right there. A lot, of, a lot of people can't say that right now. A lot of things can't say that. So you've hit the, the, the super duper lottery in the universe. So you deserve to talk to the chairman. You deserve to talk to the CEO. So yeah, take it. So one thing I love that you're bringing out here, Luis, in, in, in your comments that really resonates with me is this sense of kind of this positive, attitude and this recognition of that we're all kind of part of one humanity. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like if you're being sort of true to yourself and authentic and, and professional um, and other people are, like the barriers are actually a lot less uh, than, than maybe we think they are. I feel like we almost with our own attitudes, create additional barriers that may not need to exist. And it's like we, we block ourselves out. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 The, the lies we tell ourselves like, oh, I'm not big enough or, you know, they won't want to spend time with me. They're going to, you know, don't even entertain those thoughts. Like you said, we're all, we're all just one right here. So, and, and business is business. Business is about life. Business is about community and sustaining what we what we have in the world. So I mean, that's what business is about. And leaders are going to recognize that if, if you're about the mission and the cause, they're going to help support you. And that's how I got like a lot of good sponsors. You know, they saw that I was about it. I wasn't just being, you know, corporate BS. And if you if you look at like a lot of billionaires and millionaires, they're also real, right? That's the only way they were able to get there. So 
you know, that that's my recommendation, you know, just be real. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that I've noticed, um, through viewing you through the, uh, the, the association of Latino professionals for America lens is kind of this attitude of kind of figuring things out and, and moving forward. And I saw some of that in your, in, in your bio as well. And just, you know, it, it's almost like if you believe you can do it and you write it down and you put a plan in place, something that maybe five minutes ago would have been like, there's no way that's going to happen. Like all of a sudden, five weeks later, it's, it's, it's happening. So talk to us a little bit about your experience kind of making things happen and, and perhaps doing things that maybe a year ago or six months ago, you know, might've seemed ridiculous. And now it's just like part of your resume. Yeah, I mean, that's where I value, you know, growing up how I grew up, you know, when you're not advantaged, there's certain principles you start to realize that will help you get ahead. And for me, I always got one magic word will always help me succeed. It's called it. (laughs) (laughs) That's two words, but I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, whatever you fear in, whatever you want to accomplish, whatever project you want to work on, just say that and just do it. Right. And then see what happens. So that, that, that saved me from a lot, particularly high stakes, you know, talking in front of people, going on stage in front of hundreds of people. You know, of course you get nervous, you get scared, but then you just say that and then it's, it's easy. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the, the fear of failure is often more difficult than the actual challenge, whatever that is, whether it's public speaking or throwing some big event for hundreds of people, it's, it's, it's the fear that's harder to overcome than any technical or organizational challenge. Absolutely. And a lot of that fear is like, you know, like you said, we make it up ourselves. We create what people are judging us for. And like, they weren't even thinking about that. And we just, we just create it. So yeah, I just try to let go of all of that judgment and just, just do it and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. So I want to explore a little bit with you this sense of, um, again, you were saying, you know, the people who know what you know and, and how often the people who we think or expect, you know, may be there to help us are often not the ones that do. Um, what I've experienced sometimes is people I would consider very close colleagues or buddies or however you want to call it, um, you ask them to do something simple, you know, like, can you get my resume to a recruiter or whatnot? And, and then and then all of a sudden you get like this weird hemming and hawing and, and it's like, it, it becomes like this real weirdness. And then you'll meet some random person at like a, like a, like a wedding reception or a cocktail party or on the plane and you just mention something and they happen to work at that office or, you know, there's someone in their family that does, and they bend over backwards to really do you a solid. They just met you and, and they just really go out of their way. And, and whether you get what you need either way, it's, it's more about that expectation, right? And sometimes being a little bit surprised <laughs> at, 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 at who goes the extra mile for you and who doesn't. So talk to us a little bit about maybe um, you know, what you see in that space and, and, and what people can kind of learn from that experience. Yeah. I mean, whether they help you or not, I think it really speaks more about them than it does about you. Right. And so I recommend, you know, don't take it personal that it's a reflection. If they don't help you, that it's you, it's, 
really it's on it, it it's on them right and the caliber of their generosity to to help another and a lot of it also deals with uh you know empathy how empathetic they are to what you're going through you know throughout my struggles i've gained a lot more empathy than before before i'd be like ah screw them that's their problem you know i'm good i don't care but you know as you suffer more and more you start to realize now nah, i don't want other people to suffer i want to help them out as much as i can and i'm not going to you know allow them to just flounder on their own i'm, I'm going to help where i can unfortunately i don't have all the power right so but as i gain more power i'll be able to help out more people so that's what i would recommend you know look look for the people who are really going to really going to help a lot of people going to say they're going to help you when you need it but they turn their back only a few are going to really really come through or some want to help but they don't just don't have the power mm, they don't have the it's all about power so that's why i recommend yo if you're afraid to talk to the sea level get over it <laughs> get over it this is life and that yeah. sea level person might be the one who saves you yeah yeah absolutely i mean uh, some of the things i've been thinking about is as you've been sharing and and you know you and i have been talking about what you've been going through is kind of the breadth of your networking right let's say you're not at the sea level and you know everyone at a at your level or below you know you haven't diversified your network in an effective way i see you smiling what are you thinking louise <laughs> No, nah, that's that's the kiss of death right there if you're only networking at your level and below. I mean, that's great if you want to be a leader, right? Because you want to help those people reach the next level. Sure, sure. So you've got to have a network of people below you and you should be helping them. And mm -hmm. your peers, you should be helping them as well. But if you're not networking like 5, 6, 7, 8 levels above you, mm -hmm. you're in trouble. You've you've got to have networks 5, 8 levels above you. So yeah. definitely do it, you know, get over it, don't don't be afraid. and it gets easier as you start to move up right yeah so maybe start targeting one level above get comfortable with them right then start to experiment with networking people one level above them get a little more comfortable and then start rising up eventually you reach a point where you'll feel like you're one of them just standard like before i got promoted you know i was associating with people who were at that level like it was standard like of course i'm at that level of course i'm talking to you and you just you know you are c level of course why would i not right you got to start looking at yourself like that like why would i not interact with the ceo that just makes sense yeah right? so a part of that is the, is is how you vision yourself and what you're trying to accomplish if you if you're doing small potatoes then yeah it probably doesn't make sense you talking to the ceo but if you're trying to make a difference yeah it does I think that's so powerful and it's it's something I've been thinking about a lot especially with regards to diverse professionals um this aspect of choosing your identity right and kind of to use your example of course I'm the type of person who's speaking to sea level people right like you've you you've chosen that and and one thing I will say you know this is a podcast obviously um people can't see either of us and and they may not see you in person but one thing I remember I've noticed about you Luis early on before you know um we started working together much more closely is you always dress the part right like I always saw you you're always like 
I don't want to say best, like I'm judging your dress, but you were always dressed like an executive, right? Like, like you never had like sloppy clothes on. You're always very well put together, the right level for the occasion, you know, one level above maybe, you know, you know, than anyone else in the room. And you always kind of had that attitude. And, you know, now that we're talking, I imagine that came from your embodying this kind of attitude of, yeah, I am this guy. Like I am the person who is at this level. And that meant you had to dress at that level. That means you speak at that level. All those things kind of fall into place. Talk to us a little bit about what it means to sort of have that attitude of like, yeah, you know, this is me. Of course I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, it started out, you know, growing up in the low East side of Manhattan. Right. And during the way we were, 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 were raised, you had to look fresh standard. Of course you were going to wear Jordans. Of course you had the flyest gear. Right. So that was just standard for us. So I even, you know, translated that into corporate America. Of course I'm looking like an executive. Yeah. Of course I'm wearing a suit. Yeah. Right. Of course I got nice sneakers on. I mean, uh, shoes on. Yeah. Of course I got the tie. Yeah. Right. Of course I look fresh. Of course I'm exercising. Of course I'm getting facials. Right. Of course I'm eating right. That's just the standards. So you yeah. bring that into the workplace. And it's like, of course, you're going to treat me with respect, yeah. right? Yeah. Of course, you're going to give me that project. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to get it done and just make that the standard. Yeah. You know, what I love about that is when you choose that, okay, that's who you are, all the other decisions and all those things you mentioned, I love all those examples, it's almost like you don't have a choice anymore. Like you have to do those things because that's what someone in your position, right? does right they take good care of themselves they dress appropriately for the situation they treat others with respect i mean it's not like an optional thing anymore it's it, it's like it's part of the package because you have um recognized let's just say or, or acknowledged your your power and and identity so you don't have a choice to slack off right you don't have a choice to come sloppy and unprepared to a meeting because as someone who speaks with c-suite executives doesn't do that. It's not possible. That's right. Just just use that term, of course, right? Of course you're fresh. Of course you're at the top of your game. Of course you're going to study. Of course you know your stuff, right? Of course. Of course you feel comfortable talking to people you don't know, right? Of course you're good at networking. Of course people like you. You've got to tell yourself those things. And like you said, it'll just manifest. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in that. So tell us a little bit about how, how you ensure that people know what you're about, right? Because to your earlier point, you know, if you just know a bunch of people, but they don't know you and, and they don't know the value you provide in your skills, then you just kind of have like a club of people, which is nice, but it may not be particularly powerful in terms of networking. And certainly when you need someone to, to help you out in a spot or, or provide an important connection. So talk to us a little bit about your thoughts about how you ensure that people are aware of, of your brand and the value you provide. Yeah, so again, this, this also you know, draws back to, to growing up in the, in the projects and in, in inner city, you know, of course, you're going to brag. I mean, that's what we did, right? Because, you know, you, you're growing up poor, your self-esteem is hurt, you don't really have money. And so what we did, we would just brag. 
right? Just so that we could feel better about ourselves. And, you know, I'm not saying you, it's not really bragging once it's true, right? That was the key <laughs> thing I learned. Hey, I'm not bragging that I spoke in front of 300 people. That's yeah. just a fact. I'm just telling you the truth. Just like the sun, the sun is yellow, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not bragging that, you know, as an ERG leader, we did 34 events this year. I'm just telling you the truth, right? Yeah, yeah. So the key thing is, you know, number one, tell the truth, right? And don't be afraid to, to promote. You got to let people know what's going on. You don't need to shrink, right? Of course, you can uh, let people know all of the great things you're doing, especially if it's true, then it's just a fact. So I always tell that to people who are afraid to like, you know, oh, I don't want to show off. I don't want to show off. Dude, you're not showing off. You're just telling a fact that you accomplished this $2 million project under budget and on time. You ain't bragging. I always think about that, um, that physics or that science uh, kind of saying, you know, if a, if a tree falls in the forest and and no one's there to hear it, you know, doesn't make a sound. And, and I always think about that in terms of kind of corporate life and projects, right? Like if you do an amazing deal or, or you accomplish an amazing project and no one knows about it, has it really happened? Like, does that help you at all, right? No, nah, you gotta let people know. And if you think like, oh, I don't wanna show off, but then it's like, yo, who are they to, to hold you back, right? Who are they for you not to shine? You got to shine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't remember the quote exactly, but there's a quote where it says, you know, your, your light doesn't extinguish other people's lights. Do you know what I mean? Just because you, you are shining brightly, it doesn't mean others get extinguished, right? So you should sort of use your light to light others and shine brightly. And, and that makes the world more full of light rather than, you know, darker if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, now that we know the big lie, which is, you know, it's, it's not just who you know, it's, it's really important that people know uh, your value and, and, and what you know. What is a specific concrete step, I call it the next step, that people can do to take advantage of this knowledge? Yo, the biggest thing, man, the biggest thing, you got to start interacting and networking at the highest levels of your organization. Yeah. Do not shrink in the corner. If you had a corporate event and you see the CEO over there and they're talking to people, I'm not saying you got to be a stalker or a psycho. No, <laughs> but you just, you make sure you go over there, introduce yourself and shake their hand and say something quick and short and then move on. Don't be, you know, don't be like a, uh, don't try to hog all the spotlight, nothing like that. Just respectfully let them know, like, you know, this is what I'm doing and I appreciate whatever, whatever you want to say, but don't let those opportunities pass you by. You should start to feel completely comfortable rubbing shoulders with the highest echelons of your organization. So let me ask you, as you start to do that, right? Because for everyone, there's like a there's like a period before they're comfortable doing that and they're not doing that. And then there's like a period after like they realize that, right? And, and they start to do that. Does it get easier? Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, so that's why I recommend start 
maybe people one level above you, then start two levels above, three levels above. If you're doing volunteering, you never know. You might be working with an executive director four levels above you, and you're telling them what to do to get ready to uh, you know, give out donuts to the homeless. But they listening to you at that point. And then you start to realize like, wait a minute, I'm here leading leaders of the organization. Yeah, it's doing donuts or something like that, but it translates into the workplace. So do some volunteering and, and get some executives to volunteer with you. You know what I also want to call out here and, and it and it dovetails with what I know about you and your kind of um, attitude towards networking and, and developing kind of your value. You don't necessarily need to get anyone's permission to do this, right? Yeah, nah, you don't need permission. Don't don't be asking for permission, man. It's like it's like in a fight. Are you gonna ask for permission to, for you to fight back if someone's punching <laughs> you in your face? There's no permission there, man. Yeah, you just gotta do you, do your life. Don't ask. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's funny that um once you start to do this, right? And and I've noticed this in my own career. It's almost like you look back on, on on the previous time and you were like, what was I so scared about? Like, why was I so timid or insecure or whatever your hangup was, right? Of 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 not doing that. When you start to see these people who maybe you put on a pedestal earlier, and of course they are very distinguished, you know, you know, accomplished people start to respond to you just as another human being and eventually as a peer, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at the long term, you know, eventually they're going to die, right? You're going to die. And if you were dying, would they really have the power to, to save you from dying? Probably not. So how much power do they really have? Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing I've noticed um, is when you look at the stories of people who have become wildly successful and especially the ones who've done it like maybe like in a little bit of a surprising way, right? Like they didn't have like that traditional, you know, route. There's always like that person that that they connected with, right? Who who kind of hooked them up or guided them or supported them or made a connection for them. Like that there's always that element in there. If you if you really are open to it and you look for it, it almost never happens without that right? There's always someone of influence who really helps this young up-and-comer become kind of a, a, a big thing on their own. And sometimes they even surpass the person who helped them, if that makes sense. Yeah. It reminds me like when I was young, I would always watch movies and especially scary movies for kids. There was always like one like fairy godmother or like one like really kind soul that was like helping the kid in the middle of like all that chaos and evil and it was always that one that would help them out. So I always look for that, especially in corporations, I always look for that, those one or two people that are, you know, good souls that want to help you succeed and they'll protect you. You, you got to find them. And they're looking for you too, you know? So the, the better you do, like in terms of performance and showing you have good character and integrity and morals, they will find you and they will be gladly, they will gladly help you out. And then you got to be willing to accept it when they offer to help you out. Some people who think like, oh, I don't deserve help. I don't deserve, you know, why are they trying to help me? You know, I'm afraid of that. No, it's, it's sometimes it's hard just to accept help, right? When someone's reaching out and they really, really, you know, genuinely want to help. Sometimes that's tough. 
So you yeah. got to accept it, take it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love that point, Luis. And, and I truly believe that receiving help is just as much an act of generosity as giving help because you're allowing them to be generous and, and you're humble enough to, to accept that and say, yes, I could use your, your help, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's hard. I see a lot of people trip up that they don't accept the help that someone's given them. And then like, either they don't follow up, they don't call them back, you know, and that person's reaching out trying to help and then they don't even call them back. And it's just like, this is a slam dunk. If you just make that phone call, it's like, you know, they say like 90% of success is just showing up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 90% of success just might be that one email you, you, you responded back, that one phone call you didn't procrastinate on, that, that one text that you sent could send your life in a whole nother direction. So yeah. grab those moments when they come. And, and those benefactors generally, they're not going to chase you, right? It's like if they're offering you something that they know is like valuable and it could be helpful to you and you are not on that and, and following up, they are not going to chase you and say, please let me help you, right? They're just going to be like, well, I guess they're not interested. And they're going to help the next person because that's what they're about. Yeah, they're not going to beg you to, to allow them to help you. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, they're not going to chase you. It's not like a cat and mouse game to see how, you know, how much they want to help you. Well, Luis, love your big lie as always. Love talking to you, catching up with you and kind of exploring your views on leadership. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on and how our audience can get in touch with you or get involved if there's something that they're interested in collaborating on. Yeah, right now I'm doing a lot of stuff with Global DEI because I want to make a difference globally. And I've had inside views into many great best practices, both domestic and global. So, you know, I'm I'm there really to make a, a huge impact in that space, particularly you know, you had before George Floyd, diversity and inclusion, and now there's a, it's completely changed after George Floyd. So if you're looking to uh, accelerate your DEI program with the post-George Floyd mentality, then I'll help you with that. So that, that's what I'm about. To, that's what I'm into now. Absolutely. And what I love about that space and, and, and the way I, I, I know that you will do it is, is to be impactful right? To not create programs because there's a demand and people need programs, but to actually shift in a positive way the needle on DEI, which you and I believe benefits society, right? It's, it's not just about meeting some sort of corporate commitment. It's, it's about creating a better society, so to speak. Yeah. It's a, for me, I see it as an obligation because in 2045, you know, there's research showing that uh, the minorities are going to be the majority in 2045. So we're going to be entrusted with a lot of institutions and business power. So I want to prepare everybody to, uh, to be able to lead globally at that stage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Luis, for sharing your big lie with us. I can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you. Hi, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. I have an exciting update to share. My third book, Unlock Your Connection, Feel Like Family, is available on Amazon.com. Using universal principles, we explore 
how to unlock more professional success by learning how to connect to anyone, anytime, anywhere. Together with Unlock Your Charisma and Unlock Your Executive Presence, these three books form the first segment of my Unlock Your Leadership series. To learn more, go to www.connectioncounselor.com. For questions or to inquire about personal or team coaching, email me at joe at connectioncounselor.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Big Lie. We hope it has an amazing impact on your life. I only have one favor to ask. If you enjoy the show, please tell the one person you know who needs to hear about it and share the link. That's it. Together, we can vanquish these illusions that are holding us back.